0: Hello and welcome back to the I'll Try That podcast um, and of course I am joined by Mr. Joseph Druant,
1: Hello. Um,
0: and Mr. Matthew Barber.
1: Huh?
0: What? <laughs> it, both, it both sounds like the bank holiday weekends hit you hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, new phone, who did? <laughs> I've got the Sunday Scaries,
1: but it's Monday, isn't it? So is it the Monday Mopies or or, or the miser- miserable Mondays?
2: Just miserable Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Miserable Monday. Oh no. No, we're, we're having a good time, guys. We're drinking beer in the evening before we start work the next in day. In the bosom yeah. of
1: our friends oh, or,
2: I sorry. was on
0: day off tomorrow, so it's it's all good.
2: Oh. Well, I know um, who's editing these episodes now. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoy
0: it. You enjoy it, sunshine. Um, so, we are flying back to Copenhagen um, yeah. to try um, Tuborg. Um, we are arguing over how to pronounce the second part of this beer. Uh, no, I'm going to go for Faisi. feci, Faisi. Sure.
1: Faisi? Sure. It's got to be Faisi. Tuborg Faisis. I feices. say feicey. Tuborg
0: Faisis. <laughs>
1: we're all at the feces <laughs> at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yep. but as i say supposedly um a beer with legendary turkish taste um but we will come back to that in a minute um who am i who am i handing over to it's me ah oh, to mr barber then
1: far yeah. away um beer news beer industry news um unfortunately uh times are hard breweries are there are a lot of uh, breweries struggling at the moment um so actually, I'll put it out as a question to start off with. So there was uh, recently the Siba Craft Beer Report. What percentage do you think of the breweries asked uh, said listed their business priority as survival? What percentage? Oh no!
2: Oh, that's sad. So what? So this is a recent survey by the Siba. Siba is the oh, I'm going to test myself on this one. Um, independent. Independent Brewery Association. S is stands for Snake.
1: Snake <laughs> Independent <laughs> <laughs> It's a well, it's a Society of Independent Brewers.
2: There you go. Yeah, that's so, okay. The A is a, okay. You know. So. So, we're talking craft, like what we would do was one of the ways of defining craft brewers, right? Yes, yeah, of course. It's good okay. to have an authority like Dravers here just to, you know, that's
0: a fair point. As the, as the, as the, he is here, as the, as the regional expert for craft beer.
2: <laughs> so um... <laughs> To be fair, actually, Dravers, I feel like you just out of principle and for bringing your validation point to this, this uh, podcast, you need to get a SIBA membership because, as we know, Barbara's got the camera membership. Oh, okay, yeah. And you need to take the counterpoint to that, to this, uh, you know, and given I'm the only, uh, you know, done my first round of Cicerone qualification, you know, like I can come from. That <laughs> side.
0: Okay, all right. I will. I will. I will look into getting my membership. You
2: should get your CIVA membership. membership. barbara has <laughs> got camera, and then I've got some level of dabble yeah. in Cicerone. And then, anyway, Travers, Travis, uh, you were saying.
0: Uh, uh, was I? I don't know. Were we guessing the percentage? I was. I wasn't saying a lot. I don't think.
1: So um, well, we've made light, fortunately, a very delicate subject of. So, SIBA uh, uh, did a, a uh, asked a load of brewers what their number one business priority is. Uh, and a lot of, well, a certain amount said survival. How many do you think oh, as God. a percentage?
2: Um, That's terrifying. 42%. Yeah. To, to, to make it to a news article, I've got to say it's quite high. I've got to to say be fair, this is kind like... of,
1: this isn't the article. This was something that oh. came out within the article.
2: His, his oh answer. okay I'd say maybe it's like if he went 52% I go 53%. 63%. So
1: that was you know good good game everyone. Um, but, um
2: <laughs> wow. basically it was just 60% 62% of respondents thought that survival is the only priority for the moon. Well, That's yeah that is
1: their main their, their main focus. I'm sure they obviously have a one bill as well but um yeah so uh, well actually the basic bit of news is um one of these breweries that was struggling was Brew by Numbers, uh, and they. Oh, I really in, like them. Yeah, they called in uh, the administrators this year, but fortunately, they have been uh, now sort of rescued, brought out by Briel Capital, uh, who are the company who um, bought Black Sheep Brewery,
2: you know, uh, uh, okay. from, okay. from,
1: from Masters, and also Peckham-based um, Brick Brewery. Sorry, got it. Nearly forgot. Oh yes, this.
2: okay. Awesome. Actually, some quite well-known names. Yeah, actually there
1: right and um, I, there was another one in here somewhere about um, – is a, a hybrid wine bar, Vinoteca. Um, so, uh, sorry, another podcast. Ignore that for now. Um, but to be honest, actually, I was reading the, reading the article anyway, and I was going, oh, okay, there's a brew been rescued. And I went, hang on a minute. Brew by numbers – the thing is, there are things that um, uh, you know, get in the way of, of, of making the business work. But brew by numbers were such good beers – Oh, they were really
2: incredible beers. They've always, I've always had a great brew by Numbers beer.
1: The 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 episode we did on them, I was just there like, wow. Um, And I think I had a few left over that I really, really enjoyed. But um, I should put money where my mouth is. I'm just going to get
2: hold of some to uh, going to support that. That um... well, we did have brew by Numbers beers. I think at the. But the beer festival we were recently at, and I thought we all said it was absolutely outstanding because I've mm. always enjoyed my brew by number beers. That's I'm sorry to hear they're going through financial difficulties. Well, fortunately, like-
1: real Capital have stepped in and um, okay. yeah, go and um, you know, basically sort them out. So, uh, and I think that uh, one of one of their spokespeople has said, look, there's such a I've got the words. In fact, we'll give you the actual words. Uh, Brewinum is a unique, well-established product range and a well-known and an equally well-known brand. They're like considerable value to their to the wider product offerings of black brick and black sheep breweries. Yeah, so the reason that they are getting um, the support there is because or, or being taken over was because it was such a good product. So yeah, mm. um, they were so good. But the reasons being cited for for the difficulties um there's been diff- there's been problems over the last few years but um this is due in particular this is uh, coming from Colin Hardman who is a partner at Evelyn Partners who are the uh joint administrators um, say Colin? due in particular to the uh pandemic post-brexit complexity of export paperwork mm. so mm. i'm not taking it to a political place uh increased material costs reduced discretionary spending and changes to beer duty laws so oh god there we go we spoke about that a little bit before um oh. but uh so basically this just make everything feel more
0: brewer. complicated
2: yeah well complicated and like ha- painful for businesses to operate and run red tape basically and i just the bureaucracy that's what i don't i can't stand not to take it to a political place but jesus if bureaucracy is the reason why businesses can't flourish like then get rid of bureaucracy it's that's my, my rid- opinion d- Just
0: make things easier like if we're we're losing we're losing so many businesses and so many good, especially in the brewing industry.
2: And they've made it worse. and They've made it harder for the businesses to operate after a post-pandemic world. I don't understand this. Don't understand. And
0: this. And beer helps people. Mm. Like why are we, why are we making it hard for beer?
2: Well, especially in the world where someone like Black, where, where companies like Black Sheep who make incredible beers, we talked about them on the pod. Brew by Numbers make incredible beers. I'm sorry to say they're going through this as well. Um, and what was that other brewery brewery you brick. mentioned? A brick brewery as well. You know, I mean it's like three actually really good breweries, you know, like this isn't like, oh, they're just they make rubbish product. Like these are incredibly tasty beers, you know, and so it just kind of shows that this is the the work here is is not like there's so much effort that will have been put into all of those breweries and the fact that like they just can't operate is is terrifying to me.
1: Brings it home a bit, doesn't it, when it's a, a, a brand or, you know, a product that you particularly like, you know, because um, occasionally you see that. It, I think it's quite easy. Well, not easy, but understandable for people. They see it on the news and hear about businesses struggling. Um, and they sometimes, you know, if, if it's not uh, something they particularly care about, they're going to go, oh, that, you
0: know, that's a shame. But And I really don't you know, want to get to kind a of goes point. go by the by a bit. Yeah, I really don't want to get to a point in this podcast where we're just reviewing Carling every week because that's all that's left. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gotta join camera, mate. That's yeah. what you wanna do.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: no, he'll bring us all the hot takes from SIBA. He'll be part of the membership newsletter, you know, from SIBA. You know, we're getting all the hot advice. But yeah, no, I I'm I'm pleased at least we this isn't the last we're hearing of Brew By Numbers. A positive spin on this, okay. that they're getting the financial support they need to keep making the fantastic beers. So Go out there and, you know, support Brew By Number, support uh, Black Sheep, support Brick Brewing, support your locals as well, because there is a, a real need here to keep these fantastic brewers afloat. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, the the, the dark side of the story is that because this is the one we're, we're hearing about there being someone buying them out. There's probably a fair few that you're not hearing about because they weren't bought out, unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah as Joe
2: says, the positive message takeaway is go and support them. Shop local. <laughs> talking of local, <laughs> should we talk about one of the massive brewery worlds? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk Carlsberg group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in fairness, though, on a, on a macro scale, which we've gone from micro and we're now talking macro scale, the fact that Mar- the Carlsberg Marstons in the UK is its own entity is, is, is like yeah. showing there's a consolidation of the brewing world happening. So whether you're a microbrewery, brewery, or an intermediary, The the pressures on breweries is being felt no matter what, I guess is the kind of the the takeaway on this. So, Carlsberg Group, specifically what, Rich? Tuborg Fixie.
0: We possibly feces, we don't know. Um, Fizzy.
2: Fizzy Fizzy (laughs) Tuborg. Fizzy. I I might say right from the very start this is nothing, this isn't feces. No,
0: (laughs) We're, we're, we're not drinking feces. F
2: I C
1: with a little squiggle on the bottom. Yeah. I. And yeah. I thought the squiggle means it's like an S sound, but what we're doing with those I's, no one knows.
2: Nobody knows. I, I, t- I take Barbara's opinion on this with the little squiggly thing because he is the most travelled out, <laughs> out of the the far travelled out of the three of us. Um, He's so been to Bolton. If he tells us a, squ- a squiggly <laughs> C means S. Then you know, I'll go with it. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're going back to Turbog, and I've I've always had a fond memory of. Turborg from mine and Joe's first ever skiing adventure together to Bulgaria. um, which is where we first tried
2: Tuborg. Tuborg. That's it. I always say Tuborg, is it Turborg or Turdborg? What (laughs) What am I making? No, no, surely not. Let's not go there. We're not going Um, there. Uh, Yeah. I think and I'm always familiar with the green one, the yes. original. that's the Tuborg original green. I
0: well, that was it. Well this, well, this is what drew my my, my fancy to it a bit because I, I always remember liking Tuborg, uh, but haven't really drunk it or seen it in the UK mm. since. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've I've never seen it in the UK until I saw it um, when I was in a shop, and I can't remember the name <laughs> of the shop. It wasn't my favourite Wise buys. Don't worry. Um, these, uh... <laughs> um, but what drew me to it was the bottle um...
1: yeah this is real distinctive isn't it Yeah. I mean the other thing I was going to throw in was I, I think when we said we were doing a tuborg beer, there is one great unifier for anyone's experience of a tuborg whether they've been at the feces or if they've been on the green or whatever and there's a oh and what am I going to say tuborg you know the one with the lid the lid.
0: Yeah, possibly. They've
1: got their own. Um, grosha got their in, yeah. own. Everyone else just has normal lids. But they kind of like ring pull, but on a bottle. Ah. That's how I remember. Um, yeah. Uh, they're really Tuborg. interesting
2: opening, unique opening. I think they own this kind of ring pull idea. Yeah. I've not seen anyone else do it on this scale like Tuborg do. Um, I, I'm, quite, I'm quite. I've just found out about where the Tuborg name comes from. Oh, okay. And I think you guys are going to really like this. So Tuborg is Danish. You know, it's it's part of the Carlsberg Group. It's one of their long-established. The Carlsberg group's like what 1847, I think they started as Carlsberg or something. And Tuborg was one of the very first beers that was like breweries that was in this group, right? So Tuborg and Barbara, I'm going to test your Danish in a second as <laughs> well on this one. <laughs> you're, you know, you are the man Don't of many the sign in this. <laughs> accents and languages, and you know this. So um, Tuborg is actually a name. It's a, of a place. It's not just oh, okay. like you know, just made up, as we like, you know, like Fosters or something. So it's, um it's <laughs> Fosters is a place. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a place. Um, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> it's the name of someone. Someone's be called good. something Foster. Yeah. Doctor Foster. It's, it's made yeah. up. And they so come from. And they come from a place. Anyway, let's. <laughs> yeah. let's <get> on. Anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about Fosters again. We've, we've, we've covered Fosters. So this is Tuborg, which is um located. Uh, where the first brewery was, and this is a very old-timey photo, so it's a very old brewery. Um, it was it, it was located in Jonas Tuse and Tues Borg. Gonna get anyone to know what Borg might mean in in Danish? Mountain bog. Oh, bog mountain. It means castle in Danish. Oh, okay. So Tues Borg is the Tuse family castle. Okay, Tuborg. And that's where the brewery name got its name from. I see. Oh, okay. So this is 1888 that the Tuborg built a 26 meter tall bottle that doubled as an escalator.
1: 26 (laughs) meter (laughs) tall
0: (laughs) bottle.
2: Yeah, this is something else. I just I've just scrolled down the page and I thought that was the name when the brewery started, but it's definitely something else. So
0: they so they built a massive
2: Tuborg bottle.
0: (laughs) With an escalator inside.
2: Massive. it's like a painting of it, because obviously this is 1888. It's massive. It has an elevator inside it, like an eight, Like, it's always someone in there, like, cranking up, making it go. And it's a huge someone bottle. Someone in there doing this sorry. Like, a giant <laughs> bottle. Giant, I mean, this is basically a 26-metre tall bottle with an escalator on the inside of it. And all I can say is this is, like, early levels of, you know, like, big out-of-home investment of, like, Advertising—it's an advertising stunt. They've made a huge bottle out of it. It's I'm incredible. looking. I'm looking
0: at it right now. That's ridiculous. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I can't. Sh- listen, link me.
0: <laughs> that's great. I what, think more breweries. Should, I, I'm just getting it now, mate. I think ah, more damn. breweries should be doing this.
2: It's still there, hundred years later. It's still uh, there, me. Probably well,
0: built out of asbestos, so that's, that's that. That stuff lasts. Yeah,
2: sounds the task of time. So that is two ball. I mean, we haven't done two ball yet on the episode on the podcast. I would, the first time we're I'm not about glad. About
0: I would remember a giant bottle.
2: Yeah. So this is this is a bit of a kind of a soul searching of like why we're talking about two ball, but we are meant to be talking about a Turkish beer, aren't we? Yes,
0: or well, Turkish inspired.
2: First off the bat,
1: I love a ddv new acronym <laughs> a, a distinctive drinking vessel and look at that Ooh, yeah look at that i love a it's ddv a as well lovely old timey you know brown bottle but also in the style of the old toby jugs like you know that kind of like it's almost yeah, yeah. like got panels in the glass um yeah
2: the br- so feces in the middle is kind of like got this goldy, like indented, kind of yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's got and it's also it's in a little like it's it doesn't have the whole um indenty bits as you were talking yeah. about. It's like this uh, like little mirrors. It's got its own like a little, little surface. It's a very little cool. bit
1: shiny too, and it's yeah. got this lovely kind of rich brown and gold kind of vibe. And I always think the browniness kind of nods to the. This is supposedly a hundred percent malt. I think isn't it? Yeah, um, malt. Um, and I always think the brown sort of adds
2: to that kind of vibe. Well, signifying that, I handed this to, this bottle with the cap on to my, my wife, and she was like, oh, I was expecting it to be a lot heavier. And I was like, well, that's good. That's because it's very dark yeah. brown, isn't it? It's got this, uh, you know, and actually, Barb, you've poured it out. What is the the liquid color a, on the inside? A
1: lovely kind of golden kind of straw ah.
2: sort of vibe. Yeah clear. I would have thought it would be a lot darker yeah, based no, it's, on the bottle. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's quite light indeed, actually. That did come as a bit of a surprise so, to me. So
0: I was expecting, when I, when I picked this up, to be a lot, like, a heavier feeling beer to drink. Yes, sort of thing. I yeah, was expecting okay. it to be, with the way the bottle, the design is, and kind of like turbo the lager being, from what I remember, being quite light and refreshing. Um, and I was expecting this to be a lot heavier, a lot darker, and a lot more, a bit more full-on to be drinking. But It's not. It is it's light and crisp, which I've gotta which I would which I've gotta give.
2: I think it's great. I think it's it refers to itself as a deluxe pilsner. And I think that's quite an interesting to break those words down. Obviously we know what a pilsner is, you know, we've got an interesting you know, you say the word pilsner, there's so many different like kind of things that come to your mind about what a pilsner's like. But the deluxe side of things, I think, is speaking to this like 100% hundred percent malt kind of yeah. flavouring that it's got. It's kind of more full bodied than a normal Pilsner would have. It's definitely crisp though. It's got that kind of like taste that you'd expect from a Pilsner, but it's it's something different. I haven't, if I'm honest, I've not tasted a Pilsner that tasted like this before. And this is why I'm finding this quite intriguing.
0: That's what that's I I, I can't put my finger on it with it it's it doesn't taste like a normal Pilsner. Like you've like you've just said, but I'm trying to figure out what the big difference? The main difference is with it.
2: It's a, it's a bit maltier. Sh- I don't know. Well, it's, <laughs> it's Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the level of malt that's in
1: it. <laughs> I started drinking it and I thought I really liked it. I'm now not so sure.
2: Oh, oh okay. More.
1: I don't know. Is it con- weirdly? I think I was expecting like more f- fizz, which actually is not something I would normally like contest mm. about. You know, I'd be like, I don't want necessarily just a fizzy, gassy thing. But I don't know. I just. Come back to me in five minutes.
2: Well, I'm getting. Malt. I think to. I think maybe to you know not to dissuade your opinion. Obviously, Barbara. Obviously, your you know your your credentials on this podcast <laughs> are, are valid and you've been proven back and forth a uh, time and time again. But it's high quality and unique taste. Actually, earned it an appointment by the Royal Danish Court. Mm. So. If you're going against this beer, maybe you're saying that you're going against the Royal Danish Court. Have you met the
1: Royal Danish Court?
2: (laughs) 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 Nutters. Absolutely nutters. They know nothing about beer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aren't they also responsible for all that Carlsberg that lady brought? (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's
0: a a great callback. It's It's a great throwback to a
2: hot topic back in the day. Um,
0: well, oh, you've, got, you've got to be doing something right if the Danish court have gone, you know what, this is, Boy, this
2: is kind
1: of good. Know, just be, no, we, we've we been taken in. We think that the Danish court is this big thing. They're basically just a Rolex sign. <laughs> 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 um, what's the, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced. Danish court also, yeah, it's up there alongside bacon. That's the thing Denmark is known for, isn't it?
2: Ba- well, everything bacon about and this tubac. beer that we're having... <laughs> Because this is not a normal two-ball like bacon, kind of like branding. That. This this taste this this looks very different. Mm. So so let's unpack that a little bit. About so it doesn't look like a normal two-ball. The fact that it's got gold written all over it, the fact that it's a legendary Turkish uh, taste, the fact that it's in this um, what was that, fr- that that acronym the DDV, D-D-V distinctive uh, drinking vessel. Um, the fact that it's in this like hundred percent malt language, but it, and then it, but it's a pilsner. The fact that it's backed by the Royal Danish Court. Everything about this is your, and it's the fact that it refers to itself as a deluxe pilsner as well. Everything is making it sound as if it should be kind of like regal, should be extra, should be more. But I stop there. Okay, hang on. Come on.
0: Oh, no, I was just gonna. But what confuses me more is it's not advertised anywhere on their website.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I've been finding it quite difficult to find more behind this beer. I've even gone down to like looking through Turkish beer breweries and Turkish beers and whatever. And there are definitely within you know the history of Turkey a lot of Tuborg be- beers that have been listed, like Tuborg Gold and Tuborg Kamizki, which is the red one. There's a high ABV. Uh, they've got a, um, a Carlsberg by Turk Tuborg as well listed on their page, but nothing to do with this Fizzy. beer. So
1: I found, just to, I'm going to go a little bit off topic, but I'm going to talk, because I'm not going to talk about Fizzy. but I'm going to talk about Tuborg. I was struggling. and I couldn't get hold of some in time. However, I wanted to do a Tuborg beer for our beer swap. And I was getting very excited about, I don't know if I remember, if I, I can't remember if I told you guys, but when I went to Iceland this year, my guide Jon, had who's unbelievable knowledge of, of Iceland and you know um, also just uh, everything to do with the whole, whole, whole country. And I was talking to him about beer because I started talking about we did a bit of Einstock I think, and also we we're yeah, talking about some yeah, of the weird, this, uh, the slightly yeah. weirder Christmas beer I think that that the Icelanders uh, brewed. But I said, "Oh, what's your what's your favourite then?" And he said. Every year in Iceland, well, I, it must elsewhere as well, I imagine, but Tuborg bring out a Christmas beer. I think it's called Eulabrig or something like that. Um, and he said the Icelanders are obsessed with this Christmas wow. beer. Okay. And, and like they do their countdown not to Christmas, but to the day they'll be able to get the Tuborg Christmas beer.
2: <laughs> oh, that's incredible. <laughs> and, and so I really wanted to
1: try and get this, this Tuborg Eulabrig. Um, yeah. Beer, so that might be a little bit of a teaser for, for the for the future. But um, yeah, I found two bottles. just a little bit difficult to navigate to try and get hold of their, their beer. But um, um, obviously, some people have managed okay. And um, but yeah, I, I, I was still struggling to find out much more about feci as well.
0: Mm. It's it surprising because they they feel like they're quite a big name everywhere else, but not really mm. in the UK,
2: yeah,
0: whatsoever. Yeah.
2: Well, I think we've got. I think in the UK we've got just a lot of competition for these types of beers. I think that's the thing because Tuborg isn't like a small craft brewery. No. Well established, they've been around. They're, they're really good with their pilsners. They're going obviously hard and loved by their like, um, their original, the green one, which we're familiar with. Drabs from our uh, our skiing trip, but it's just we aren't the market for them. But you know the fact that they've got a Turkish beer. That's quite popular. That's quite fascinating to me. This is very different. I've not tried something that tastes like this, but the more I'm kind of, the more I've drunk of this. Actually, the more I'm getting up, coming around to Barber's frame of mind. But maybe that's just what I'm thinking of more about, like drinking these kind of more mass beers. Anyway, like after a while, I'm yeah, like, okay, I've, I've enjoyed that, and now I'm done. You know, I'm good. With, I'm, I'm up for something different now
0: no no i get that it is a mass-produced and it is it's it's, it's a palatable flavor it's not horrific or anything like that mm. I, I've, I i've actually quite enjoyed drinking it yeah all the way down but i wouldn't want to drink it regularly is the
2: yeah i think what i give this this beer this vc from by tuborg is the fact that it's it's different i've never had something like this before like i've had very multi beers before i've you know i you always think of like kind of the beers the lagers that or pilsners that have got more flavor you're thinking of you know you're like your brooklyn breweries you're thinking of your tiger beers you know there's a whole big brewery scene that fits within this as well um but i've never had something that looks and is presented like this before so i give like you know two ball feces this that i've never had this before
0: and i think more breweries should go along to the way of the bottle opening the way they do i think it's great
1: have they got. I reckon they, got they must own that, right? right?
0: Oh, yeah, they must yeah. own that.
1: But those things—they don't, don't last that long these days. uh Patents do, they? I don't think so. Yeah.
2: I do yeah. like the pull top. I think that's cool. I think to get rid of the whole like. Well, screw caps are one thing, and they're quite interesting, but the pull top is very... I do think of Tuborg, though. So even if another load of breweries were to do this, I'd still think of Tuborg. Oh, yeah, 100%. So maybe you're just, yeah. just backing up. Especially in those countries where like Tuborg original and Tuborg as a brand is really big. Like You couldn't not think Tuborg when you see these caps mm. being pulled. Legit. Yeah. Um, so Instagram, they have 23K uh, followers. Um, and Twitter or X, I don't know if they've had a beef and they've moved over to Threads, but I can't find them on X or Twitter, so they must be uh, somewhere else. Um, even though on their website, they say they've got Twitter, but you know it's still the original Twitter sign, so they might not have updated that, if I'm quite honest. Um, so, yeah, so I think first time we've d- touched on Tuborg, uh, you know, huge in a lot of parts of the world, um, not so big in the UK, but that doesn't mean not to try them out. I think they're interesting, and Rich and I have got fond memories of, uh, of our original Tuborg yep. experiences Green and this Tuborg Feci is interesting to say the least um and I love the bottle
0: but I reckon you will struggle to find it in the UK <laughs> other than this small Weymouth shop that I found it in. Yes,
2: <laughs> but, Drabbers we are global we're not just a UK focused podcast. <laughs> guys, so, <you> know. <laughs> Hello to all our followers in
1: Turkey in particular on Nickelodeon
2: <laughs> 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 and that's all we have time for this week's episode of the I'll Try That Podcast and so from me Joe Rich Barbara, and Simo goodbye and don't forget to follow us on Instagram Twitter I'll
1: Try That podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube
2: goodbye now